Welcome to Gil Reads Comics, where every week we recap and review your favorite comics. Today, we're talking about Amazing Spider-Man issue 11 and the first issue of the Batman Who Laughs miniseries. Both of these were released on December 12th, 2018. There is an epidemic affecting children everywhere. Comic books. Comics everywhere. Avengers, Batman, Wonder Woman, and they're in movies now, too. In the real world, there is no good and evil. Enough! I'm reading comics, and no one's gonna stop me. Adam, there is a comic I've been waiting for for a while that dropped today. The Batman Who Laughs miniseries, first issue. But that is a dark, dark comic. And I've had a tough week, so I'm not ready to face the Batman who laughs. So first, we'll start out with the appetizer. You know, something a little lighter. Amazing Spider-Man issue 11. What do you think? Yeah, that sounds good. Although I'm I'm concerned for you. What happened this week? This busy work week. I uh, huh. was exposed to some toxins. Joker toxins. I feel myself. <laughs> All right. Well, th- this should be interesting. Amazing Spider-Man. We last left. There was all kinds of stuff going on. The Thieves Guild, the Black Cat. There was, uh, we still got the Vermin guy out there. This kind of sidelines all that. And we have a little bit of a different story going on. Which I'll say, going into it, was one of my sort of misgivings with the issue. I was in suspense and all that other stuff. But as we got into it, this has its own interesting things going on. But let's forget about it. Let's just get into the issue. Page one. Right off the bat, I'm excited because they're showing Christmas lights, setting the mood. And we have one of Peter Parker's opening monologues. I'll uh, read the monologue, which will be interrupted by J. Jonah Jameson. So, Adam, you've seen the Spider-Man movies, right? So you know what he sounds like? Of course. All right, good. I don't know if I've... I don't think I've smoked enough cigars in my day to to be that accurate, but... You gotta chomp on the cigars. Cigar chomping. Yeah. All right, let me, t- let me take some puffs. Ah, Christmas in New York. What could be better? It's a time for the season of... Shut up! When people from all over the world come to celebrate, You're an idiot! And children gather to hear stories of a jolly old man and his lists. You listen to me, you nincompoop. I'm gonna tell you one more time. Spider-Man is a hero. Or my name's not J. Jonah Jameson. (laughs) You, You are the best voice actor for people who are 20 to 30 years older than you. (laughs) Yeah, Alfred. This guy has more energy than my usual uh, old old man. Yeah, he's spitting all over the place. Right, a couple things here: J. Jonah Jameson, not a newspaper guy anymore. He's a radio guy, and he's on Spider Man's side. Does that blow your mind, Adam? Even I was surprised that he was on Spider Man's side because that's one thing I knew about him was that he was not a fan. And that he, he even gets called out on that because right now he's yelling into the microphone. He's got his headphones on. So he's speaking to a listener who's called in. And what that listener says to him, but you always said he was a threat and a menace. I always said 
Are you going to listen to what I said or what I'm saying? How many times has he saved your ungrateful lives? And all you people ever gave him was grief. You gave him grief. Next caller. No soup for you. You just you just read the caller's the caller's uh, uh, line. Oh, but see, they use the same kind of word bubble for him earlier. I know. So so Jonah's saying all you people ever gave him was grief, and then the caller says you says gave deep. him grief. Yeah, and then it's he yells, true. "Next caller!" It's all true. <laughs> So so what happened here? Why is why is J. Jonah Jameson on Spider Man's side? It it's it's something that took place a little while ago, not in Amazing Spider Man. It took place in a, a, a different Spider Man series, uh, Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider Man. Essentially, J. Jonah Jameson had some information that Peter Parker, Spider Man, needed. So he made a deal with Spider-Man. I'll give you this information if you grant me an exclusive interview. Like that would be a big, that would get you a lot of sales for your newspaper, right? So Spider-Man agrees to the interview. In the interview, Jonah breaks down crying because he admits to Spider-Man that the only reason he keeps criticizing Spider-Man, he keeps going after him, is because that's all he has. That's all he's got left. Mm, that's what gets him attention. Right. Spider-Man feels bad for him, so he reveals his identity. <laughs> <laughs> He's tossing that identity around like it's nothing. Yeah, I knew you wouldn't be happy about that. You weren't happy with him last issue when he revealed himself to Black Cat for the same reason. He felt bad for her. Yeah. Which makes sense. That's his Achilles heel. Guilt. That's what drives him, right? It all started with Uncle Ben. So if you want something from Spider-Man, if you want to know his true identity you just got to pull on the guilt the guilt string yeah you just tell him you had a bad day after jonah's shouting match with the listener he starts to pontificate about how great he is with his commitment to straight talk which he points out is very important nowadays with that crook wilson fisk in office and a producer interrupts and mentions that we should talk about the ratings which implies that Maybe this show isn't doing as well as J. Jonah Jameson thinks, which is a bad thing because he no longer has his job at the Daily Bugle. He was lucky to get this job as a radio host. So if this doesn't work out, he's going to be in a little bit of trouble. Homeless. Exactly. A homeless J. Jonah Jameson. He gets an invitation in the mail from Wilson Fisk, who's throwing a banquet in J. Jonah Jameson's honor. So he thinks that he's back. This is great. And moments ago, he called Wilson Fisk a crook. Now that he's getting an invite from Fisk to this big event, he says, that Wilson Fisk is a great mayor. What an idiot. <laughs> he even has- you dangle a little, a little award in front of his face, which you know is full of ulterior motives. He's desperate. He's, he is, well, a couple things. He blows, he goes whichever way the wind is blowing. Yeah. He hated Spider-Man. Now he loves Spider-Man. He hated Fisk. Now he loves Fisk. But you got to feel a little bad for him, right? A little bit, yeah. He's got so much pride. He's got pride, and we've seen other layers to him before. If you read uh, the uh, Peter Parker Spectacular Spider-Man tie-in to Spider-Geddon, Peter Parker was getting beat up pretty bad. 
and needed help, and Jay Jonah went really out of his way to help him. So he's a good guy deep down. I hope we see some of that play out here. Because I'll say that I do sort of feel bad for him, but he's almost cartoonishly flip-floppy. The way he jumps back and forth between liking Spider-Man, hating Spider-Man, liking Wilson, hating Wilson. It's almost cartoonish. I do hope it gets a little bit more nuanced as we go. Uh, overall, though, he's, uh, you know, feel bad for him a bit, but he's it's also kind of annoying. Yeah, the the way he's drawn is very funny. Um, like the expressions he has on his face. <laughs> yeah, the kind of goofy grin he gets when he uh, s- says that Fisk is a great mayor. Yeah, like his eyes are all, they're like glimmering, and <laughs> he has this, this uh, smile. Like he looks like he's in love. <laughs> it's funny you should mention the art, by the way. Because this is the first issue where Ryan Otley comes back. Ah. And uh, I'm a big fan of that artist. And I think that you probably don't pay a whole lot of attention to the art. But the fact that he came back, that's the first time you commented on it. I think maybe you're a fan of his as well. You just haven't realized it yet. I learned something about myself. Meanwhile, toy companies are releasing dolls and toys of villains. Kind of showing their softer side. For example, <laughs> all right, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> now, in this world, the villains are real, and they kill people and they ruin lives, right? Right. So it's not the same as in our world where we make toys of cartoon villains. This is more like in our world, if we made toys of dictators who are currently in power and killing people, or of uh, like serial killers. Yes, that's accurate. This sick world. Well, you know what it made me think actually is maybe there's an ulterior motive. It reminded me of Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. You know, the Halloween movies are all about that Mike Myers character, mm-hmm. the serial killer. The original plan for the Halloween series was that each movie was going to be its own story that takes place on Halloween. So, more of an anthology series. But the first one was so successful, they brought back Mike Myers for the second one. For the third movie, they thought, you know what? Let's go back to that original concept and make a story that's got nothing to do with Mike Myers. Well, the third Halloween was about a a toy company that came out with all of these masks for kids. And on Halloween, they were going to air this song on TV. Halloween, Something like that. (laughs) When that song played... All those kids that were wearing those masks, all their faces were going to melt. <laughs> Why? I, I don't know. Well, but maybe these toys are the same thing. They're being released by the villains for some nefarious scheme. Yeah. I mean, it could even just be a PR campaign by the villains to make people like them a little more. Right. And here we see a kid playing with one of these dolls. It's a Galactus doll. Galactus is a huge villain, eats planets. And in this case, the doll says, Galactus hungers for friendship. (laughs) (laughs) And these dolls are kind of like, uh, what were the name of the, Beanie Babies. They're worth a pretty penny. So villains are trying to steal them. This hippo villain. It's like O.J. Like Simpson. Didn't he like he robbed a uh, a pawn shop or something for his own memorabilia at one point? Yeah, I think after he uh, he wanted all of his old stuff back. He got in trouble for that, I think. 
Yeah. So this hippo character, as villain, he snatches up that Galactus doll. And then Spider-Man, kind of feeling the, the Christmas spirit, he thinks, I can make sure at least one of those dolls ends up in the right hands. And maybe that will help remind some of those people down there what the holidays are really all about. And then the kid who just got his doll back, he uh, immediately tries to sell it you know, for money. <laughs> yeah. And Spider-Man thinks, or not. So Galactus eats planets? Eats planets, yeah. If you could eat a planet, which planet would it be? And don't say the funny one. <laughs> <laughs> I would eat Saturn. Something about the rings. Because Ooh. I would imagine that the rings would maybe be a different flavor. And I've always yeah. been a fan of like cookies and cream. I like multiple flavors. I bet the ring tastes like Pop Rocks. Pop Rocks. Are those like nerds? Well, they look kind of like nerds, but when you put them in your mouth, they sizzle and pop. And you never had one? <laughs> now, now that you mentioned the, the popping, I remember that. What about yeah. you? What would be your planet of choice? Earth. All right. It has all my favorite foods. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> That's great. Some people still get the holidays, namely Robbie Robertson, head of the Daily Bugle, Peter Parker's old boss. Peter goes to his house for Christmas, and Peter was feeling a little bad thinking Robbie maybe wouldn't even want to talk to him anymore because if you remember, thinking a few issues back, Robbie fired Peter. Why was that, Adam? Peter was accused of plagiarism after this uh Artificial intelligence looked at his writing and concluded that it was too similar to Doc Ock's. Right. Which makes sense because Doc Ock wrote that stuff when he was in Peter Parker's body. Exactly. And when Pete mentions the concern, you know, feeling bad about it all, Robbie reassures him. I know there was more to that story. Here, you're always family. Even if I, I had to let you go because it just doesn't look good to have somebody at the Daily Bugle that was accused of plagiarism but you're still my friend, you're still my family. I thought that was great. I think he's a really good guy, Robbie. Yeah, I like him. We learn while Peter's talking to Robbie that the Daily Bugle isn't doing well because even though J. Jonah Jameson doesn't work there anymore, people still associate it with him, and they see all these crazy antics of his on TV and everything, so it's hurting the Daily Bugle. We also see that the event Jonah was invited to by Wilson Fisk, it was on the condition Spider-Man's got to be there. We want Spider-Man there. So Jonah's now on TV talking about, and Spider-Man is going to be there. I guarantee it. (laughs) So Peter, he's got to get out of there. He's got to go talk to to Jonah and uh, set a few things straight. If Peter was going to reveal his secret identity to one of his uh, bosses, it'd be better if he told uh, Robbie. Was it <laughs> Robbie Robertson? Robbie Robertson. Yeah, well, I trust him much more. Though the problem is that Robbie's too nice to him. If Robbie gave him a hard time about the plagiarism, made him feel guilty about it, then Peter would tell him. Yeah, yeah. It's the guilt. <laughs> Why'd you have to do that, Pete? 
You ruined our newspaper. Why did you have to plagiarize that nice man's work? I'm sorry. I'll tell you who I am if you stop yelling at me. <laughs> None of these villains ever yelled at him enough that they might have actually gotten him to spill beans. Yeah. Well, before Pete takes off, Robbie's son, Randy, shows up, who is Pete's roommate. Randy is going to be abandoning his father for the evening. He's got a hot date. We don't really know with who. And Pete takes off. So Robbie, this nice man, he's going to be left all alone. Now, Robbie is not Boomerang, right? No, Fred is Boomerang. Okay, that's, that's Fred. Oh, you're, so you're mixing up a few things here. Robbie is Pete's old boss. Robbie's son, Randy, is who oh, Pete Randy. lives with. Pete lives with Randy. And he lives with Fred. Fred is a supervillain. All right, Boomerang. Randy's just a regular guy. Exactly. Who has a hot date. Huh. We cut to a dark figure sitting in a sort of control room. Looks kind of like a bat cave. You know, he's sitting in his chair. In front of him is one of those giant screens surrounded by a bunch of little screens. On that big screen, there's a salesman-looking guy talking to him. And he says... Arcade Industries, tell all your criminal associates and get 10% off through our referral program. But for right now, I trust everything is to your liking. You did the hard hat tour? I did, and I appreciate your attention to detail. Hey, don't mention it. It was my pleasure, actually. Most people in your position, they just don't appreciate a good, elaborate death trap anymore. Tastes change, I guess. But that's why I'm offering folks like yourself this starter package. If you want to up the body count, the little cost you. Understood. But there's only one man I'm after. Now, if you'll excuse me, the party's just about to start. And then the camera cuts to an image of J.J.'s limousine. So this, this villain character, we don't know what he's up to, but we can tell he's scheming. He's looking at Jonah, so he's after either Jonah or Spider-Man or both. As J.J. gets out of his limo, Spider-Man shows up. And immediately, Jonah has a reaction. He says to him, Spider-Man, why you? And Spider-Man, you what? You invited me here, remember Jonah? Oh, right, force of habit. (laughs) (laughs) So Spider-Man came there to tell Jonah that he's not going into the party because he can't go in there and support Kingpin. Jonah is confused by that because he says that I don't understand why you wouldn't why you'd be opposed to supporting Kingpin the way you've been cozying up to him lately. And Spider-Man uh, asks him, "Why does everyone keep saying that?" And behind him you see a big billboard of Spider-Man with his arm around Kingpin saying, I love Fisk. (laughs) Spider-Man points out that that's photoshopped. It's fake news. Exactly. It's fake news. It's got real-world consequences. This is probably, you know, we've been scratching our head why all the superheroes are against Spider-Man right now. This is probably why. It's that one billboard. Why doesn't he just take it down? (laughs) Well, it seems like this is the first time he's he's noticed it. Yeah, 
because he was confused why people think that he's cozying up to Fisk. He sh- he should tell he should tell his roommate Fred that it's a very valuable billboard. <laughs> hey Fred, there's this billboard totally unguarded. <laughs> He'll steal it. Yeah, don't even say. Just say that it's unguarded. <laughs> <laughs> so while uh, while Spider Man is uh, talking to Jay Jonah and uh, they get into kind of a spat. You know, Jonah feels like Spider-Man owes him because, uh, you know, J. Jonah Jameson, he's been helping to kind of clean up Spider-Man's reputation. Uh, but Spider-Man points out, I only need my reputation to be cleaned up because you've been tarnishing it for years. <laughs> While they're arguing, they get attacked by the enforcers. Basically a trio of uh, kind of goofy looking villains one of them's this huge guy in a sweatshirt. Looks kind of like the Hulk if he wasn't green. One of them's got a big handlebar mustache. Looks like a cowboy. And it starts out as kind of a jokey fight. You're not really worried about them or anything. But you can tell Spider-Man's getting worried about JJ. He keeps yelling at him, get out of here. Go wait in the limo. Because we find out what happens when there's a civilian involved in these fights. Spider-Man's winning the battle fighting these enforcers and then one of them points out you're fighting him the wrong way (laughs) if you can't beat him and then he says give him something to mourn points a gun at jonah spider-man pushes him out of the way but in that distraction the big guy's able to grab him hit him and knock him out yeah and the whole time uh Jay Jonah is is backseat fighting, and he's, he's telling him what to do. You you missed one. <laughs> Watch out behind you. You're not paying attention. <laughs> exactly. So annoying. Yeah, he really he really does not endear you to him, uh, especially now that he uh, he got Spider Man caught here. Yeah, it's distracting. Although I, I I like the the JJ character just because he's he's funny. He is funny, but I he's a funny character, and we got a few laughs out of him in this issue. But I do hope that next issue, when they continue this story, I want to see some maybe some more layers to him. And I think we might, because Spider-Man wakes up after getting knocked out, and he basically finds that he's uh, being held captive with Jonah. And the moment he wakes up, uh, Jonah's right back to yelling at him. Wake up! Just like your lazy generation, sleeping on the job. So he doesn't let loose for a second. (laughs) And uh, then Spider-Man looks up and sees Scorpion, one of his classic villains there, surrounded by a bunch of kind of insect, humanoid, kind of disgusting-looking creatures around him. Yeah, and there's also like a, a a circular robot looking thing with another face and like uh i don't know is it a guy in an astronaut I, uh, suit i i could not tell what that is i couldn't tell so behind scorpion there's i mean i don't know how to describe it besides uh it's a metallic ball with arms coming off it and then a little screen on it and there is a guy in the screen it's a blue guy wearing a cowboy hat yeah, and there's a similar looking thing on the bottom left, <laughs> but that looks less circular and more like like an insect, a metallic insect. 
with two giant eyes, and in one of the eyes you see another cowboy hat looking <laughs> guy. It almost looks like a reflection. Yeah. Really Wait, so bizarre. Scorpion, that's that's this main green villain here? Yeah, it's the main green villain villain, and usually he's a pretty simple villain. He's just a guy who dresses up as a scorpion and he's got a power suit. So these minions, these insect looking guys, and these weird robot things, they're new. They're a new uh nuance to the to Scorpion. So I'm thinking he well, I think he was the one talking to the salesman. And maybe that guy provided him with some villainous upgrades. And that's what we're mm. seeing here. Why Why aren't there any uh, heroic upgrades? That's a good question. I mean, there are. I guess that's like Tony Stark, the Avengers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess so. That's the end of the issue. To be continued. Uh, so I, I think uh, overall, I thought the issue was all right. I thought it was fine. Had a few laughs. Um, I was kind of caught a little bit off guard because... It felt like the last story was sort of cut short, um, but I guess that they're setting up a bigger storyline that we'll come back to with the Thieves Guild. I think that'll be a longer-term villain. I also think it's an in- I think there's an interesting story to be told with Jonah, right? The struggle between I hated Spider-Man, I went too far with that, now I'm on his side. There's an interesting story to be told there, but here he kind of comes off as a cartoon character, which works for laughs but I hope we get to see a little bit more nuance. And I think we might. That's sort of been the pattern here. You know, sometimes we'll have a lot of silliness, and then you'll zoom in on the Mary Jane character, see some of her struggles, for example. So it wouldn't surprise me if having Jonah and Peter Parker trapped together like this will lead to some conversation, will lead to some character development next issue. Any other thoughts on this issue, Adam, overall? The issue started... You know how there's like usually a little blurb about the upcoming issue? Yeah. This one actually described it as a relatively uneventful issue. (laughs) Uh, And they were right. I thought they were being sarcastic at first. That's pretty funny. (laughs) I do wonder if if there'll be a tie-in to that vermin guy at the end of this story arc. Like, is this... this, um, uh, What's his name? The villain we were just talking about. Scorpion. Is he also going to you know, be tied into the mysterious bandaged vermin guy at the end of this? Here's a question. Yeah. Um, do you call him vermin guy just because he's affiliated with vermin? Or is that what people call him? I don't think anyone calls him that besides us, to be honest. Uh. <laughs> so if I guess if this is your first time listening, uh, you don't know who Vermin Guy is, but he's that mysterious villain that's got bandages and a centipede who's been showing up at the end of various issues. Yeah, he he has something to do with a lot of bugs, and he's got some kind of crazy powers. And he has a mirror that lets him stalk Spider-Man. Yeah, and we have some we have some theories that they're connected somehow. Yeah, listen to our last uh, episode on Amazing Spider-Man where we covered issues eight through ten. Here's some interesting theories. All right. That was the appetizer. We laughed a little bit. And now, ironically, we're going to stop laughing. Because we're about to read the Batman who laughs. (laughs) (laughs) When he laughs, no one else does. Exactly. But but there is one laugh in this issue where I literally did laugh out loud. It was a a really good one-liner that we'll get to. 
before we get into the Batman who laughs, Adam, are you familiar? You know, I don't know. You might have come across this in some of your scientific research or your some of your physics classes. The dark multiverse. <laughs> Do you know what that is? <laughs> is that a uh, is that something uh, DC created? <laughs> yeah, it's a theory from DC. Uh, no, we I, we didn't cover that in physics, but I probably just didn't go to an advanced enough uh, class. So there's the multiverse. You're familiar with the multiverse. Yeah. Underneath that, behind that, there's the dark multiverse, which is basically a bunch of temporary negative realities created by the fears of people from their respective counterpart positive universes. So, Adam, all your fears have created dark evil versions of you so recently there i thought i was i thought it was the dark evil version we're we're in the dark multiverse you are the negative version of some positive version of you (laughs) Uh, a little while ago there was a big event called dark knight's metal where in the dark multiverse there were a bunch of evil versions of batman who teamed up to fight Batman and the Justice League. But there was one particular evil Batman that stood out among the rest and became very popular, named the Batman Who Laughs. Very cool origin story. The idea is that Batman's arch nemesis, his biggest enemy, the Joker, has a toxin in his heart so that when you kill him, that toxin is released. And whoever kills the Joker will be poisoned and become the next Joker. So in one of these alternate realities in the dark multiverse, Batman finally caved in, killed the Joker, got poisoned by that toxin. And now you have a Batman who has taken on the mantle of the Joker. Hence, you have a super evil Batman who laughs. We thought we heard the last of him, but we were wrong. He's back for a six-issue miniseries. We start off with Bruce Wayne thinking about his happiest memory. Which turns out to be his first memory, where he's running around outside playing with his parents and Alfred, and they're playing a game where his parents hold hands, and then he charges at their hands, tries to break through, and they always grab him and hug him. But the best part of this page is that Batman says, What I remember most is the strength of their arms holding me back, and above all, the laughter. All of us laughing like lunatics as the sky darkened behind the house. What's your happiest memory? Hmm. Probably when we began Gil Reed's comics. That's what I was going to say. That's when my parents used to hold hands and I would try and break through, and then they would <laughs> hug me and laugh like lunatics. And then my dad would read me a story about pigs and wolves eating each other. (laughs) (laughs) You know what never occurred to me uh, reading Batman is that Batman is obviously a very unhappy character. And then on top of that, he has now come to a point where he associates laughter with evil because of the Joker. Do you think that that psychologically that might be doing even more damage to him than just his overall kind of normal brooding nature? Yeah, because 
usually it's it's humor that can often help you get through the hard times. Yeah. But he doesn't even have that. Even that was taken away from him. Well, the interesting thing is that he actually he does have humor and he uses a little bit of that a little bit of that in this issue, but it does seem to be used sparingly and even when he uses it he rarely actually laughs. It's almost more like a calculation like this is funny which uh, activate wit. We cut from Batman's happiest memory to right now, where he's on his motorcycle. I believe they call it a Raptor. And he's chasing a truck that has a couple of small houses on the back of it, right? One of those trucks that kind of transport, you know, small houses. Mm-hmm. And it turns out Batman's caught wind of a criminal enterprise that's smuggling contraband out of Gotham in these houses. The thing that they're smuggling is bodies. Bodies that were on their way to Gotham's potter's grave. Which, Adam, that's a term for essentially an unmarked grave for anonymous dead people, right? This is the first I'm hearing that. Batman's chasing after the truck, and he asks Alfred on the radio to do some research and figure out whether or not those houses are penetrable so he knows whether or not he could smash into them. And Alfred tells Batman, I must say, Gotham Banks might consider offering (laughs) Batman insurance policies. And then Batman says, They do. Look it up. (laughs) (laughs) So they kind of move on from that. Batman jumps off of his motorcycle and he starts thinking about what these criminals have done and it pisses him off. He takes out the bad guys, he gets into one of the houses and after he lands, he says to Alfred, for what it's worth, Batman insurance policies are called Dark Knight Returns. (laughs) I suppose I should look into one. (laughs) So he has a sense of humor. But it is funny that he's making his reference is to the name of one of his comic books. Yeah. So it works, though. That made me laugh. He looks around for contraband and he finds what looks like a coffin, opens it up. What does he find in there, Adam? His own body. He sees a corpse of Bruce Wayne. He takes that corpse, or that corpse gets pulled into a morgue, and Bruce Wayne disguises himself as a doctor so he can go in there, and he starts analyzing the body. And he's doing it in a very calm, collected way. Alfred's having a hard time with it. He tells Batman about how he raised him, and even though he knows that that dead body on the table isn't him, it's still hard to look at. And... Bruce Wayne, he's all professional, right? He, he works his way through it. What they find looking at the body is that it has all the same scars as Bruce Wayne. As far as they can tell, it's him. But they see that they don't have all the same scars. It looks like at some point in the past, this version of Bruce Wayne diverged from the Bruce Wayne that we know and love. Bruce Wayne puts his uh, detective work detective skills to work and make some observations he says my guess given his physiology 
is that the point came when Bane broke my back. This Bruce Wayne, he retired from being Batman after that happened. Found a different way to help Gotham. What? What way? My theory? Look at his hands. That's echo fiber beneath his nails, used in green construction. This Bruce Wayne likely was in civil projects, improving the city to protect it. He was married. See the indentation in his finger? He had a child. How do you know that? The tattoo. May is... May is a name I would have suggested to Selina if we ever had a daughter. It evokes a new start. A new beginning. He has a tattoo on his shoulder that says May. I will say, I don't necessarily buy that Bruce Wayne would get a tattoo. Doesn't really yeah. seem like him to me. But I will say, when I read that panel, choked up a little bit. Huh. This new Bruce Wayne is a little, you know, he's into green. He's gone green. Maybe a little more of a hippie. It's, it's so, yeah. <laughs> so it's not far-fetched that he would get a, a flowery tattoo. That's true. That's true. It's literally it? a tattoo of a flower. It is. It's a tattoo of a flower, and it says May underneath it. Yeah. Basically, here's my theory, okay? All right. In this alternate universe, after he broke his back, he started yeah. using medicinal marijuana. I was just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> so the next, the next panel where they notice the wrinkles on this dead Bruce Wayne's face because he smiled more. His wrinkles yeah. too much smiling. <laughs> he was Laugh high. lines. Because <laughs> he was he was high all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and uh Batman kind of looks into the distance, thousand yard stare, and says, It seems whatever life he built, he was happy. Sad. You know, that was uh I think that's really strong writing. You know, it's so it's such a silly idea to find a dead body of you, a dead version of you, but they managed in my opinion to turn it into a pretty, you know, heavy-hitting scene. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Batman says to Alfred, "It's him. He's back. I know it." And then he says, "You know where we have to go. Take us there right now." We cut to Arkham Asylum. And we see Batman walk in. So our first reaction is, all right, where they had to go is Arkham. And then you are caught off guard by Batman uh, slaughtering everyone. He starts, yeah, he cuts, he cuts a guard in half. He cuts a guard in half. He starts blasting away at people. He shoves a knife into someone's head. Uh, he kills people, and he also has got a ton of guns strapped to him. He looks like Punisher yeah. times 10. Yeah, I, th- I thought maybe we were entering some kind of crazy Punisher crossover thing. He looks super cool. He does, and he has a great name we find out later. The Grave Knight. Grim. Oh, even better. The Grim Knight. <laughs> And then another line that made me laugh. After Batman slaughters all the guards, we see Mr. Freeze behind bars. And he he says something to Batman. Do you have the line pulled up? Yeah. All right, let's see. Batman, we are foes, but this this isn't you. Please, the doctor's here when I lose control. 
They say the best thing is to picture. And then Batman blasts him with a flamethrower. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, and it sounds like he was he's reformed. Well, yeah, temporarily reformed, I'm sure. Yeah, he was he was trying to to advise Batman about how to handle him when he when he loses control, and then Batman just blows him away. The frustrating thing is that I could I could use that. He was about to give us a secret. Like, what what am I supposed to picture? He didn't get to say it. Yeah, probably something to do with ice. Yeah, picture a big ice cube. <laughs> <laughs> so Batman uh, continues to slaughter people. Until he gets to his cell, opens it up, and the Joker's sitting in there. And uh, the Joker says to Batman, Hello, Bats. Don't tell me you're actually here to kill me. He says, No. Then behind the the Grim Knight, the Batman who laughs walk, walks in. So the Grim Knight just said he's not there to kill the Joker. But then the Batman who la- laughs says, But I am. And then uh, uses Cleaver, throws it right into Joker's head and kills him. So we just lost two major Batman villains, Freeze and Joker. Though we'll later learn Freeze survived, and that wasn't Joker, that was a decoy. Yeah. So... Where did Batman have to go? We thought that it was Arkham, but that wasn't really Batman. That was the Grim Knight. Batman went to the rooftop to see Alfred. And sort of touching, I thought, Alfred won't turn on the bat signal because he explains that even though people know that Bruce Wayne, the Bruce Wayne we know and love is not the Batman who laughs. But still, people are scared. And after that incident, they don't want to see the bat signal in the sky. Batman fills Alfred in. Go ahead. He needs to rebrand. He needs to rebrand. He can't associate with the Batman any Batman symbol anymore. It's been tarnished. So he needs something new. Ratman. Yeah, his little little uh, whiskers. And he constantly <laughs> yeah. um, twiddles his nose like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be cute. Yeah. You'll probably take a few uh, clues from uh, Penguin, how to be more (laughs) animal-like. Yeah. Batman explains to Alfred, not Alfred, he explains to, uh, Batman explains to Jim Gordon. Did I say Alfred that whole time? I don't think so. Well, to just in case, Batman is on the roof with Jim Gordon, not Alfred. Batman explains to Jim all this information about the dark multiverse. He tells him about the Batman who laughs. He tells him about the toxin in the Joker's heart. And he explains that there's some plan. Right? They found this dead body. The Batman who laughs and the Grim Knight show up. There's some plan here, but Batman can't see it yet. And he says that he needs help. We find out later that he needs help from the Joker. And the way he finds the Joker is interesting. Like we said before, the quote-unquote Joker that was killed with a cleaver earlier. It's not a cleaver, by the way, right? What's the name of the weapon, the Grim Reaper? A scythe. After Joker was killed by a scythe, you know, we found out that that wasn't the Joker. It was a decoy. 
this decoy, this other guy, had his name changed several times to make it harder to track down who he is. Every one of his fake names was a different word from a different language that means happiness with an extra letter added. If you take that extra letter, add them all together, you get the word sang, which is a slang that they use in Gotham where if you had a great set, then the fat lady sang and you could die now. So there's this whole complicated riddle that Batman essentially solves, which says he needs to find the happiest moment in Joker's life, and that's where he can find the Joker. It's a very kind of circuitous route. <laughs> but eventually he realizes, I got to go back to the Batcave. And Adam, the reason why he had to go back to the Batcave is because a long time ago, Joker, this is years ago, back when Batman was in his early days, Joker followed Batman back to his hideout and knew where it was. So this whole time, the Joker has known where the Batcave is, and Batman has lived with that knowledge. So he figured, the Joker's probably looking for me. He knows where the Batcave is, so let me go back there. And he asks Alfred to undo the waterway security systems basically what's that it's basically a moat exactly take down the moat get rid of the water when he does that the joker bubbles to the surface he's there (laughs) how long how long is he like does he have a snorkel (laughs) i was wondering that myself because i mean he was underwater they lowered the water level and it revealed the joker just standing there underwater I don't see a snorkel though. So <laughs> maybe he uh, dropped it into the water for effect. So it'd be lame if he came out with a snorkel. Yeah. <laughs> Were you gonna say maybe he can breathe underwater? <laughs> maybe. He can, I mean, whatever chemical turned him into the Joker, maybe it also gave him gills. Hmm. Be cool. Alfred, he's not not too happy about this. Why don't you go ahead and read his uh, his line here? It's already done. I just. My God, was someone already lurking down there, waiting? No, no, no. Tell me it's not him, sir. Who is it? Who's there? Now, now, Jeeves. I'm supposed to say knock-knock first? (laughs) He called him Jeeves. You'll be safe here, Joker. He calls him Jeeves. Every time you do the Alfred voice, I'm going to have to edit it out because you'll just hear me on the other side going... (laughs) (laughs) as it cracks me up every time. I love that voice. Batman assures the Joker he'll be safe here. And Joker replies, (laughs) But I don't want to be safe, old friend. And you don't either. Pulls a gun on him. He points a gun at Batman. Then he pulls the trigger, but it was a trick gun. It didn't shoot Batman. Shot himself. Right in the heart. And then Batman runs over to help him. And that, but then remembers, the toxin is going to be released. Batman, he, he you've never seen him this scared before. Eyes yeah. wide. And he says, my God, your heart, the toxin, what have you done? No, no. Batman starts to laugh like crazy. He starts to laugh maniacally. He's got red eyes. He's drooling everywhere. He's been poisoned. As he was dying, the Joker told Batman 
that the only way he can beat the Batman who laughs is by becoming him. And that's why the Joker came here and killed himself. So he could release the toxin and turn Batman into the Joker. Essentially turn our Bruce Wayne into the Batman who laughs. What was your reaction when you saw this ending? I was uh, shocked. So I didn't expect, I thought Joker, when he pulled out that gun, I thought it was going to be one of those things that unfurls and says bang. Right. Uh, You know, just to break the tension. Uh, So I was surprised when it shot himself. Then I started to remember the heart thing. Um, So I knew Joker was, I knew Joker was going to turn Batman into a new Joker. But then I got confused because I thought we already met the Batman who laughs. So is this Mm -hmm. a, a second one or maybe, maybe there's actually a time jump that we weren't explicitly told about. And so the Batman who laughs that we already saw is actually the one who just got created is some kind of weird paradox, but it seems like there's just going to be two of them. Yeah. That that's actually a cool idea. If we thought we were watching the present, but in reality we were seeing a flashback to the origins of the Batman who laughs. But that would be hard to believe in this case because Joker makes reference to this is the only way you'll beat him. Yeah. Right? So he's he's referring to the other Batman who laughs. So we're talking about a second one. And I think there's really... I could see two ways that this could go. Either, number one, Batman's gone. He is now insane. He is the second Batman who laughs. We're going to have to have some other heroes come in to try and save him. And now they're going to have to contend with two Nightmare Batman plus the Grim Knight. Maybe Nightwing will come into play. Maybe other members of the Justice League will come into play. That's kind of the first path that I could see. The other way I could see this going is this turns into a psychological internal battle where Batman is trying to fight the toxin. And maybe he has a certain amount of time before it really kicks in. A few days maybe before he totally loses his mind and he has to battle this. That could be really cool, really interesting way for this to go. Yeah, or maybe by learning how to fight it internally, he learns something about how to defeat the other Batman who laughs. True, and not that I want to take the Joker at his word, but he did say that this is the only way for Batman to defeat the Batman who laughs. And as crazy as Joker is, maybe his intentions were accurately stated. I was going to say pure. I'll just say he was accurately stating his intentions, maybe. Why did he do this? Is it just some some part of him wants the, the whole game to go on? He wants, he wants the He doesn't want the world to just get destroyed by this uh this other dimension character. Mm-hmm. Well, it's an interesting question because there's a few theories about the Joker. You know, some people say he doesn't want Batman to die because he needs Batman. He's sort of defined by being Batman's villain, his nemesis. At the same time, once they introduce the element of the toxin, there's the idea that Joker wants to push Batman so far that Batman kills the Joker and gets infected with the toxin. So it it actually, now that I'm talking it through, it seems strange to me that Joker would make the choice to commit suicide. 
That it seems like that is a dissatisfying ending to him. He wants Batman to kill him. I don't think the Joker we know would kill himself this way. So mm. I suspect that we've already. I mean, in this very issue, we saw a decoy. So we know that Joker is one to have decoys. I'm thinking maybe that wasn't the real Joker, which uh. means maybe the toxin was a little off. Maybe this isn't the same toxin that got the other Batman who laughs. Maybe this one is a little weaker. Maybe it's different in some way that will allow us to see that internal struggle for a little bit right. before it takes full hold of him. It's also possible that the, this new Batman who laughs still has roughly the same goals in mind and isn't evil. He's just insane. Same goals, but without the moral compass potentially. Right. So, so he could be maybe very destructive, but he could still be focused on defeating the original targets. Um, just, he'll just be, he needs to be crazier than they are. It's almost like, when Peter Parker and Spider-Man got split. Yeah. The Spider-Man alter ego that no longer had Peter Parker as part of him still fought bad guys, but he did it in a sort of destructive, not very well thought out way. Could be something similar here where he still has the target. He's still going to fight the bad guy, but like you said, in a very unstable manner. Either way, can't wait to see what happens next. That's two issues of Batman now where we had a big twist at the end. In the main Batman series, we ended with Thomas Wayne, Batman's father, back in a villainous role. And now here we see Bruce Wayne himself being transformed into some amalgamation of Batman and Joker. Can't wait to see where it goes. With that, I'm Gil, and I read comics. Thanks for listening, and if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a rating, or if you have time, a review in Apple's podcast app. It really helps us out, helps us get more listeners, which will make it more fun for all of us. And if you want to get involved in the show, if you want to send in your feedback, comments, questions, if there's a particular comic you'd like us to talk about, then you can reach out via email gilreadscomics at gmail.com or check us out on Twitter at gilreadscomics. Comics.